I want to preach a message today that I believe is relevant to you to help you not only do church better, but to do life better. And I know that it's easy to talk about this, and it may not even be a shock to you, because I know that's Pastor Stuart and Jane's desire, that we wouldn't just preach Sunday messages, but we would preach Monday messages. Because just as much as God wants to help us and move in our lives right here in this moment, He wants to help us tomorrow. He wants to move in our lives tomorrow. He wants to do something phenomenal in, his li- in our lives tomorrow. And I like Jesus because He found Himself in the temple, but who knows that Jesus also found Himself outside the temple. And so I trust that this is a message for you today that will help you, uh, for those who carry responsibility, those who at times have to make crucial choices, this is a message that I believe can help you and encourage you and speak into your life. And in Luke chapter 5, here we've got Jesus, and and we're going to read through it thoroughly, and I'm going to bring some things out of it, but I just want to sort of set the scene for you so that we get an overarching perspective. And So for anyone who's new this morning, they kind of get the whole context. Good? So here Jesus is. He's so cool. And Jesus comes to this town, and the Bible talks about how the people are pressing up against him. In other words, there's a lot of people who want to be near Jesus. And I think the reason why people want to be near Jesus is because wherever Jesus is, fantastic things happen. People who are sick get healed. People who are hurting get healed. People who, who you know, were oppressed and confused and, and, and having, you know, evil things harassing their lives got set free. People who are looking for something more in their life purpose, they met Jesus and they found a greater purpose. And so wherever, so people wanted to be near Jesus. And here Jesus comes to this town and he decides to do something creative because I love Jesus because he's creative, because God's creative. And he wants his creativity to flow through you. I love when we have people come to our service for the first time. You know, one of the first things they notice is this. And one of the other first things they notice is Nick and Bex and, and Taylor going <laughs> on the stage. But who knows, we, we have these things because God's creative. When you look outside, look at all that God has made. I mean, stick your head under the ocean just, you know, 100 Ks out there and you'll find some amazing creativity. Because it's who God is. And so I love Jesus. And here in this moment, he decides to get into a boat because everyone's there. And he says, you know, rather than just teaching from the shore, I'm going to get into a boat and I'm going to teach you from there. Now, the boat that he uses belongs to some fishermen and they're working on their nets. And so Jesus begins to teach in the boats. And after the crowd has left or when he's finished his sermon, he basically pulls these disciples together. One of them's names, Simon and Peter. And he says to them, let's go fishing. We're going to read the actual, but in Joshua's paraphrased version, let's go fishing. And the disciples, Simon Peter says, you know, we've been fishing all night. We've been out fishing and we've caught nothing. And Jesus says, come on, let's go out again. And so they go out, they cast down a net, and and there's so much fish that gets caught that basically what happens is they call their buddies who are on the shore and say, come help us. And there's two boats going full of fish that they're catching. So much so that they say the boats are about to sink. And then Jesus, when they get back to the shore, calls these men and says, hey, let's let's just pause on the fishing business. Come follow me. And here we have the disciples of Jesus. You know, I love this because Jesus calls ordinary people to come and follow him. He calls tradesmen. And he says, I want you to go and change the world. Maybe you're here this morning and, and sometimes that thought can get, where do I fit? But come on, God wants to use you to do something amazing. Jesus has thought about you. And so here's the story here. Let's begin to read it to a historical account. I love this. So it was as the multitude pressed about him, they heard the word of God. 
That was me rewinding. <laughs> so it was, as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of, who can say that word for me? Yeah, thank you, everyone. And saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and have caught nothing. When I began to look into this passage, it's interesting because at this moment, in this place, at this time, the best time to do the fishing is at night time. So they've, all got, they've already been at the optimum time for fishing and they've caught nothing. So you can imagine what hope do we have doing this in the middle of the day. But he says this, Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. Today, as we go out from this place into the community to fill our roles, I want to encourage us, let's be people who even at inconvenient moments have that attitude, nevertheless, at your word, I'll do it. Nevertheless, at your word, I will follow you. And there'll be times where you'll read the scripture and, and here Jesus will give us commandments. He'll give us instructions. And sometimes they won't even fit inside our normal cans context culture. But sometimes what we've got to do is say, nevertheless, at your word, I'm going to follow through. You know, maybe you're here this morning and maybe you love singing. Maybe if I was to send you a text tomorrow and say, let's go do karaoke, you text me back straight away. Other people would ignore my text. But the Bible talks about singing unto the Lord. The Bible talks about praising and worshiping in song. And I just think it's so fantastic that we got a bunch of people, some of whom love music, some of who can sing, can't sing, but we're saying, nevertheless, at your word today, I'm going to sing. And I will encourage every man, I love hearing those baritone voices come on in the singing. Keep it going, because we need to have that passion and that enthusiasm. You know, maybe it's coming to prayer meetings. Maybe you're someone here who works hard and praying for you. It's like, oh, that's a, that's a bit of a, an effort. But you say, nevertheless, at your word, if I'm going to follow Jesus, I'm going to be someone who's committed to prayer. And as you begin to activate that prayer, I love this, because as these people begin to activate what Jesus has asked them to do, something supernatural happens. As you keep activating the Word of God, something supernatural will happen. And you start to see the breakthrough of prayer. You start to see the freedom of prayer. Sometimes I find for me, prayer is this, like it's these amazing moments. And sometimes I just feel like I'm digging in, digging in, digging in. But then when I leave my prayer moment, all of a sudden I can feel the results of prayer all around me. Yeah, maybe it's today, you know, the Bible says, don't forsake the assembling of this, what we're doing here this morning. You know, there's probably a lot of places that you could be this morning, Bunnings. Maybe at a cafe in the CBD with poached eggs, hollandaise sauce, mushrooms, halloumi cheese, extra avocado, and those little cherry tomatoes on the side roasted. Who knows what I'm talking about? With a uh, matcha for me, matcha soy latte. I'm weird, I know. Uh, but I, that's what I would be having, or a smoothie, anyone with me, or an acai bowl. Oh, don't get me started. And so there's all these options. But you know what I've said? Nevertheless, that's maybe what sometimes I feel like doing. At your word, I will assemble together. And I like that the Bible uses that word. It doesn't just say, let's get together, let's hang out, let's pop in. It says, let's assemble together. When I think about the word assemble, it's a military word. In other words, I'm going to be counted. I'm going to be there. I'm going to stand firm. And I just want to encourage us today. Let's be people who nevertheless, at your word, we will be present. 
I, I know for me, you know, it, it's just looking after me. This morning, I had raw broccoli for breakfast. Weird, I know. I just, I had some at the trivia thing this week with hummus and, mmm, it's good. <laughs> I'm really liking it. But for, I know for other people, there might be three little children and, and putting the dog away and doing all of those things. But come on, I think it's important that nevertheless, come on, even if I have to drive 20, 40, 50 minutes, nevertheless, at your word, I will be found with the saints. And we need people of that conviction. We need people of that strength who are immovable on that. You know, I love what Jesus says. He says, you know, what is it? Love your enemies. Nevertheless, at your word. Maybe he, he says things like, pray for those who spitefully use you. It's pretty, you know, it doesn't even say pray for those who use you. Pray for those who spitefully use you. Nevertheless, Lord, at your word, when I go out of this place tomorrow, you know, maybe you're someone here and you love to have a good yarn about what's happening. And the Bible says, hey, I don't want you to be a gossip. And maybe that's a real pull for you. But you say, nevertheless, at your word, Lord, I'm keeping my mouth shut. And I love this because Peter got it. He said, you know what? I could do my own thing. This is my boat. This is my scene. But he says, nevertheless, at your word, I'll follow through. Let's be those sort of people. Let's hold on to that sort of lifestyle. I love this because he does this. And it's something that he's done <clears throat> so many times before. And he lets down. It's interesting. Jesus says, let down your nets. And Peter lets down his net. I think sometimes we dream a bit too small for what God's wanting to do through us. And when they had done this, there was a great number of fish and their nets were breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. You know, it's interesting because Jesus' father was a carpenter and here he is with fishermen. You think, what does a carpenter know about fishing? Sometimes a lot, but compared to someone who's a commercial fisherman. But they were obedient to Jesus. They'd done normal things that they'd always done. But once Jesus got in the mix, things begin to change. And I want to encourage you that sometimes as you leave this place, you'll do normal things. Wake up in the morning, go to work, maybe choose staff, maybe make financial choices. You'll do normal things. But if you are someone who's invited Jesus in the mix, supernatural things will happen. Supernatural things will happen. And there's people here today, and maybe you're, push, maybe you're trying to push and do everything in your own strength, in your own willpower, in your own get up and go. And Jesus is knocking at the door just saying, will you let me? Will you let me help you? Will you let me do something amazing in and through your life? Last week we talked about how Jesus is interesting because Jesus just didn't just appear and was born and then lived a life. Jesus came from heaven to earth for you. We sing that Christmas carol, Silent Night, and it talks about Jesus, Lord, at thy birth. Why do we talk about that? Because Jesus was Lord of heaven who came to earth. And so Jesus doesn't look at earth and see heaven. Jesus comes from heaven to earth. So you've got to understand that heaven is bigger than earth. Heaven is actually bigger than earth. And so Jesus, it's interesting, heaven wasn't some aloof idea to them. Heaven was more real to Jesus than earth was. 
And so Jesus didn't look at just things through the, the limitations of the practical. Jesus looked at everything through what's possible in heaven. And Jesus understood that through faith, he was able to get what was in the heavenlies and pull them down to earth. That's how you just get normal fishermen who have caught nothing in the middle of the day, all of a sudden having supernatural catches. And I encourage you this morning that as we go out into this place this week, we've got to allow Jesus into everything that we do. You know, maybe it's here, I just, I'm pushing on this, but maybe the staffing decisions that you need to make. And sometimes you can be recruiting and doing everything in your own, pushing, pushing, pushing. But all of a sudden you just say, Jesus, help me in this. Help me in this. Help me. Help, help. Just bring, bring the right people that are needed. Bring them, bring them, Lord. Those people on, on the team that we need. And all of a sudden those people just, they're called. They felt that all of a sudden the workplace lifts. All of a sudden something shifts. Why? Because there's not someone just doing it on their own. All of a sudden Jesus is in the midst. And it's so great here because I love this. It says, So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help, and they came and filled the boat so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to the, shore, to the land, they forsook all and followed him. I think for these men, they were doing their business. And then all of a sudden Jesus came into their world. And they discovered that there was more. And I believe that there's a whole bunch of people who are in our city who are doing what they need to be doing, who are working hard. Maybe on the inside, they're looking for more. They're looking for something more. And all of a sudden, Jesus comes into the mix. And what it doesn't say, but maybe it's a year's worth of fish. You know, maybe it was their, their, their year's worth of salary in one moment, and they realized what could take us year or years, Jesus can do in just a moment. So let's go follow him. And I love this because here at this moment, these disciples could have just said, no, 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 Jesus, we've got this catch. We've got to sell this catch. We've got to use it. We've got all these fish. We, we're staying. Like, thank you so much, but you keep going. We're in business but there was a laying down that they said, you know what, Jesus, everything that we have is yours. And they laid it down. Because if they realized that if Jesus can in a moment give what could take them days and days and days or year, if he can do that in a moment, wow, there's just so much more. And I think as I go about life, as people, as we connect within our community, it's that realization that there's just so much When I was 17, 18 years old, I graduated high school and I was given a job for a lovely couple called the Duncans. And they had a photo gallery, a beautiful photo gallery, and I had the privilege of selling their prints. And if they ever watched this or listened to this, I'm so thankful for their investment in me. They trained me about sales and how to work with people, and I had to become good at detail, and it was a whole learning experience. And I liked Ken because Ken was someone who was probably a bit anti-God, and then he realized how real God was and his love for him, and he became a passionate believer. 
And so he traveled the world collecting these beautiful photographs to show the magnificence of God's creation. And so my responsibility was to obviously hang the prints and to situate the correct lighting, but also to tell the, sto- tell the stories of the prints to people as they were considering buying them. Because they weren't only buying it for the art factor, but they were also buying it for the story that was connected to the art factor. And so I had to become good at telling Ken's stories in the way that Ken would tell his stories. And one of the things that Ken had was he had this book, and it was entitled something like Life's an Adventure. And I loved Ken's attitude because he was just such an enthusiastic, life-loving, go-getter, let's go stand under an elephant and get cool photos, or let's go to the pyramids. You know, he just had that, that zeal and passion for life when you begin to spend time with him. I mean, you have to be passionate to get up every day in the same spot on the Central Coast for 30 days to try and get the perfect shot at one location. <laughs> but it's a great shot, by the way. And he had this book, and, and in this book, he had this book, and I used to work at the gallery, and because it was tourist, we used to close late at night. And so at the time, I didn't have my license, so my dad would come in, and he'd come in to pick me up from work. And so sometimes he would come in a little bit early. And so what he would do is just peruse the gallery, just look around at all the artwork. And sometimes if he had extra time, he'd look through this book. And at that time, it was many, many years ago. But, you know, we were at Freshwater and, and there were some challenges that we were having financially. And he was under a lot of pressure. And he was really, he believed God had called him to move from the Gold Coast to Cairns for a purpose. And he was really crying out to God saying, God, what do I do? And, you know, being a son, he didn't sort of show me that. I just... You know, he was just there to pick me up from work, and that's what dads do. Uh, but he read in this book, he read there, and it said this, that God, it, it, that Ken said that God hadn't brought him to a certain location to die. And as my dad read these words on the page, God hasn't brought you here to die, it leapt off the page to him. He thought, that's God's word for me, that God hasn't brought me here to die, but he's brought me here to live. And so, you know, in your world, sometimes it can feel like all hell is pressing against you. Welcome to the life of Jesus. But there's a whole nother supernatural realm that's available to us called the kingdom of heaven. And the Bible says that Jesus has come to bring us, come on, does anyone believe this? Life and life more abundance. The word abundance means an excess, too many, not enough. And Jesus says that there's a, there's a whole nother realm, there's a whole nother spiritual realm. And all you have to do by faith today is reach out into that realm and everything that you need is there. And here these disciples are, they're just going about their normal business thinking this is life, this is how it goes. And Jesus comes onto the scene and says, this is life as you know it. But I'm here to tell you disciples that there's a whole nother world. There's a whole nother dimension. There's a whole nother place and it's called the kingdom of heaven. And I haven't just come with me. I'm bringing my whole kingdom with me right now to earth. And all of a sudden, you're going to begin to see the supernatural things of God begin to flow through your life. There's going to be miracles. There's going to be signs and wonders. There's going to be ideas. There's going to be strategy. Come on, there's going to be the life of God, the peace of God, the joy of God that flows and surpasses what we could even understand. And it's going to come and flow into our lives. It's such an amazing way. Or some people say, oh, you're just into all that abundance. No, I'm into if God has called you to do something, that He's a good Father and He will give you the resources that you need to fulfill everything that God has called you to do. He's not a Father who stands back and goes, oh, have fun with that. He's a loving Father who comes and lifts us up and strengthens us. You know, I love Jesus. And before He even starts, you know, early in His ministry, He says, and Jesus, full of the Holy Ghost. In other words, Jesus needed God's help to fulfill His purpose. And if God wants to help Jesus, who was perfect, I think He wants to help you today. I think He wants to minister to you today. Oh, He's so kind. He's so brilliant.
I was talking just recently to one of the people in our church who studied architecture. And I said, tell me about some of the most inspiring architects of all time. And she said to me, well, one thing that's known about architects is that a lot of them die young because they just put everything into their architecture and just pour all their passion in, and so they die young. And I begin to think as we're talking about the mountains, if God wants us to be climbers of mountains, and the Bible promises that if we'll honor our father and mother, we'll have a long, good life. How can you have a conflicting promise? You know, how can God call you to be an architect and then you die young? That doesn't work. And I began to think about Solomon in the Bible, who God called him to build a temple. And Solomon didn't have to have 5,000 committees, 400 hours of community. You know, God just downloaded a supernatural template of how to create one of the most inspiring venues of all time, the temple of God. And I want to encourage us today that sometimes when we're doing things in our own strength, it's hard work. But when we lean into Jesus, there's a supernatural there's a supernatural flow that comes from Him of creativities and ideas. And just by faith, all we've got to do is reach out and grab a hold of that today. We'll be here and saying that's just too good to be true. God is too good to be true. The Bible tells us all we've got to do, just taste. Just, ta- just, just open up a little bit. Just taste and see that God is good. As we yield to God, the Bible says that goodness and mercy will follow us. The word follow means chase after us all the days of our life. That's who we are. And so, Father, today we thank you for every single person. I pray as they leave this venue, that God, you love them. God, you love them. Help us to be strong. Focus like Jesus. But realize all of heaven is available to us today to fulfill our purpose. Father, every doctor, every nurse, every surgeon in this room right now, Father, wisdom, strength, every care supporter right now, let your power flow through their lives. Ideas, creativity, hope in Jesus' name. Lord, every engineer, engineer of fix-it people, Father, electrical engineer, aviation engineer, all these engineers. Lord, let your resource be unlocked to them this morning. Come on, if you want it, it's all here. Let your resource be unlocked to them today. For every mother and father, maybe there's a child that they're just finding is easy, but maybe there's another one that they love, but how do we work with this child? There's a flow from heaven. There's a grace to minister to these young people. So help us, Jesus. You're so kind. You're so wonderful. You care. You're with us every day. And your peace you leave with us.